1978, former New York Dolls guitarist Johnny Thunders released You Can't Put Your Arms Around a Memory as a track on his solo debut, So Alone. Many years later, on April 23, 1991, he died of drug-related causes, and You Can't Put Your Arms Around a Memory became something that it was perhaps never intended to be, a junkie anthem and a kind of musical suicide note. All in all, it testifies to two of the most uncomfortable truths about rock and roll fandom. First, that self-destruction can be the most persuasive form of authenticity. And second, that sometimes we secretly want our idols to die. This is Friday's Best Pop Song Ever. Sometime in the late 80s, I went to see Johnny Thunders play at the San Francisco nightclub The Stone. Halfway through a rapturously received set, Thunders mumbled something into the mic and walked off stage, leaving the rest of the band to mill around for two, then five, then ten minutes. As if the significance of this was lost on us, one of the band members took the mic and announced that Johnny, quote, just needed to get his fix on, unquote. This statement was met with a roar of approval from the audience of mostly college students, as was Johnny's return to the stage a few minutes later. It occurred to me that Thunders was not just performing his music, he was performing his drug addiction. And perhaps this was how it was always meant to be. Born John Gonzale in Queens, New York on July 15, 1952, young Johnny eagerly drank in all of the live rock and roll that New York in the 60s had to offer, including seeing the Stones at Madison Square Garden and numerous of the day's top bands at the legendary Fillmore East. Such was his admiration for Keith Richards that his sister Marianne started styling his hair in emulation of the Stones guitarist. That emulation would pay off during Thunder's time in the Dolls, when he would play a cartoon version of Richards to David Johansson's cartoon version of Mick Jagger. Thunder's joined the Dolls after meeting Sylvain Sylvain in the Manhattan bar. Impressed by Thunder's look, Sylvain asked him if he wanted to join his band, which was at the time called Actress. The band then became the Dolls, and then soon after the addition of Johansson, the New York Dolls. Frustrated with their reception in New York, the group traveled to England, 
where they were able to capitalize on the then nascent glam movement and garner enough of a buzz to land them a deal with Mercury. They also came to the attention of Malcolm McLaren, who used them as the model for the Sex Pistols. After recording two albums with the Dolls, Thunders, perhaps wanting more of an outlet for his own material, left with Dolls drummer Jerry Nolan to form The Heartbreakers with Walter Lure and future Voidoid Richard Hell. Where the Dolls tempered their music with a heavy dose of camp and cabaret spectacle, The Heartbreakers played straight-ahead rock and roll. In this, Thunders was an asset. He was a gifted songwriter, crafting hard-driving three-chord anthems dripping with grit and urban menace that were driven home by his slashing Chuck Berry-style guitar licks. Contributing to the aforementioned urban grit was the band's lyrical preoccupation with drugs. The Heartbreakers were notorious drug addicts, and while the romance of heroin addiction might have held some allure for the young crowds at Max's Kansas City, it held none for record executives. Frustrated in their attempt to land a deal, the bands decided to take a page from the Dolls playbook and go to England. This time they struck gold, landing in London at the precise moment that punk was exploding across Britain. By the end of 1976, they were playing on the Notorious Anarchy Tour with The Pistols, The Clash, and The Damned. They also landed a contract with Track Records that resulted in the release of their first and only album, LAMF. Thunders had tried to kick heroin a few times, but was helpless in the face of his addiction. Without the strength to turn down the offers of heroin, cocaine, and speed that were no doubt constant in the New York rock scene of the 1970s, he was essentially doomed to a life of being strung out. That all of its members were junkies probably exacerbated the Heartbreakers' eventual breakup, which grew out of the band's disaffection with the sound of LAMF, a problem which none of them were equipped to fix. You broke my heart, I couldn't dance. You didn't even Johnny Thunder's first group was a junior high school outfit called Johnny and the Jaywalkers. To his credit, in the 20-odd years between that time and his death at the age of 38, there was rarely a time when he was not playing or performing. For instance, in the wake of the Heartbreaker split, rather than just join another group, he popped up in a number of side projects, such as his covers album with singer Patti Paladin, or Gang War, a punk rock band he put together with former MC5 guitarist Wayne Kramer.
And while this could all be credited to a restless creativity, I suspect, at least in later years, it was also due to Thunders trying to outrun the grief he was feeling over the recent failure of his marriage and his subsequent separation from his daughter, both of which hinged upon his drug use. That Thunders was well acquainted with sadness is fully in evidence on You Can't Put Your Arms Around a Memory a masterpiece which Bob Dylan has said he wished he had written. Thunder's desperate vocal, weeping guitar, and plaintive backing combine into a howl of desolation shouted into a foreboding emotional wilderness. Even its fragmented lyric hints at a melancholy so deep as to defy description. Yet to say that the song is a reflection by Thunder's upon the hardships of his adult life would be wrong, apparently. Many sources claim that the song was written when he was in his late teens. Not only that, but the song's title was inspired by, of all things, an episode of The Honeymooners. You can't put your arm around a memory. I can't even put my arms around you. <laughs> Dead at 38, Johnny was downright elderly in comparison to his fellow stars in the pantheon of rock and roll martyrs, outliving the fabled 27 Club by 11 years. He hung on for years, so long that it took the combination of leukemia with his drug problems to finally knock him out. As a result, his last years were a death watch for his fans and followers. Narratives of his last days are pocked with people who speak of his death as inevitable, fated, or preordained. Does that mean that they would have been wrong to intervene? What if the fans of a self-destructive artist band together and vowed not to purchase his or her albums, attend his or her concerts, or otherwise put money in his or her pockets until that artist got their shit together. Would their efforts be welcomed? Or would they be seen as stepping out of line? Is their role in this recurring myth to simply stand by and watch silently, only to mourn the loss of the artist as if it was unexpected and unjust? Maybe the memories can tell us. But they don't talk. Now here, in its entirety, is You Can't Put Your Arms Around a Memory by Johnny Thunders. Doesn't pay to try All the smart boys know why It doesn't mean I didn't try I just never know why
listening to the Friday's Best Pop Song Ever podcast. I'm your host, Todd Statman, tonight reminding you if you are under lockdown like I am, you might want to take the time to avail yourselves of the many past episodes of this podcast that are uh, archived on Stitcher. Just go to the Stitcher, use your Stitcher app, go to the Stitcher website, search for Friday's Best Pop Song Ever and dig in. This would be our, I believe, 27th episode, so there are quite a few. Uh, In addition to that, you also might want to dig into the archives of my uh, radio show, Pop Offensive, uh, of which there are many, 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 by going to the archives at kgpc969.org slash pop hyphen offensive 
Today's podcast featured in addition to You Can't Put Your Arms Around a Memory, the Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreaker songs, Born to Lose, Chinese Rocks, One Track Mind, and Do You Love Me? In addition to Satisfactions by the Rolling Stones, that was the live version of the Get Your Yaya's Out album, Dot by Actress, and Personality Crisis, and Lonely Planet Boy by the New York Dolls, all of which are the sole property of their copyright holders and used by me for informational purposes only. Good night.